Good morning, and welcome to The Business Of. Today's topic is the business of mushroom cultivation. My guest is Julie Trotta, owner of Fun Girls Fungi. But before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Winning awaits at four exciting Desert Diamond Casino destinations, Tucson, Sarita, Y, and West Valley. Get in on the action at the amazing properties featuring exhilarating games, appetizing restaurants, entertainment, and a luxurious hotel in Tucson. This is where Arizona comes to play. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. How's it going today? Going well. Yeah, and how are those mushrooms? <laughs> they are happy. Very oh, happy mushrooms. That's so good. I was lucky enough that Julie showed up at the radio station with a big bag of gorgeous mushrooms. I almost don't want to cut them up because they're so <laughs> beautiful. They're sculptures. So go ahead and let us know uh, when did you first become interested in growing mushrooms and how this all came to be. So I started out growing um, just as a hobby. Mm -hmm. I found a grow kit at a local hardware store. Yeah. Brought it home and I had to learn more. Uh -huh. I was fascinated that these types of mushrooms even existed. Right. So um, I started growing in a little closet space and my kids and I really enjoyed it. So we started growing more. And then um, in 2020, when everybody was sent home for COVID, mm -hmm. I started building a, a bigger grow room, a bigger grow space. That's so exciting. And so what kind of mushrooms do you grow? I grow all types of different mushrooms, um, from gourmet mushrooms to medicinal types of mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Familiar names are the lion's mane mushroom, uh, oyster mushrooms. I've got different varieties of oyster mushrooms, golden oysters, pink oysters, Ooh. blue oysters, piapinos and chestnuts. So I can go on for days. <laughs> Uh, mostly any types of mushrooms that you don't find in your grocery stores. Right. And I saw on your website that you have these little tips where you're saying the the pink ones uh, with the certain types of spices, when you uh, saute them, it tastes like bacon. Yes. Which absolutely. ones are those? Those are the pink oyster mushrooms. And what a great so idea. Basically, just give them a good saute. They crisp up really nicely, season with salt and a little bit of smoky paprika mm -hmm. um, to give it that bacon-like uh, flavor. They crisp up nicely. So it gives you the sensation you're eating bacon. That is so, what a perfect alternative for people who are trying to cut back on absolutely. fats and that sort of thing. That's great. We hear about gourmet mushrooms. What, what makes a mushroom, why is it considered gourmet? Well, they are specialty. They've got wonderful texture and flavor. So not like your typical grocery store mushroom. Mm -hmm. They, um, mushrooms are like apples. Right. Red apples are different from green apples. Mm -hmm. Different taste, different texture. Right. Well, mushrooms are the same way. Basically, what makes them gourmet is their, their flavor and, and texture. And I went to a uh, mushroom foraging meetup, I guess it was, on Mount Lemon, mm -hmm. and so learned a lot about mushrooms and found many. I mean, I think he said there's something like 27 varieties. And uh, the one thing that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, though, is, you know, you'd find this beautiful mushroom and you go and you cut it, but then there's a big ugly slug on the bottom of it. But you don't have to deal with slugs in your setup, right? So tell us more about how your grow room is set up. Right. So it's an indoor grow. Uh -huh. um, so I, I don't have to deal with slugs or bugs. <laughs> um, it's very clean environment. Um, growing mushrooms, I'm constantly cleaning um, because they release a lot of spores. And, you know, they can uh, be messy sometimes. Right. No, no bugs on these, on these mushrooms, just fresh quality mushrooms. 
Yes, they're really gorgeous. When I first met you at the BIPOC Loan Fund uh, Mixer, you were talking about how you actually had a full-time job. And then you had started to grow the mushrooms like you just mentioned a minute ago. But what was it uh, that when you decided to take that leap of faith and go full-time into the mushrooms and leave your job? Tell us a little bit more about that story. Um, Yes, I I was an accountant um, up until it was about a year ago this month. Um, And I absolutely loved my accounting job until it started to get in the way. I, I wanted to spend more time growing this business and seeing what I can really do with it. Um, So I took a leap of faith and um, I'm still going. Yeah, so now that I'm a year in, I absolutely do not regret the decision that I made to um, take that leap of faith. That's so amazing because that is so tricky. So often people either always want to do something else or possibly even have a side hustle going, but they just don't know when they need to shut one door to fully go for another one. So do you have any tips? Was it a gut reaction or was it just the money was enough where it would be able to support you? What was it about it where you knew it was time? Um, It was also around the same time of year that I got the um, BIPOC loan. Mm -hmm. It was almost like everything in my being was telling me like, it's time, like you go for it. And I mean, I thought to myself, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Well, I go and get another job. Exactly. Um, But, you know, thankfully, I haven't had to do that yet. So it was a a good decision. Yay, that's fantastic. How did you start getting the word out that you have these beautiful mushrooms to sell? Who were your first customers and how did that come to be to really start growing your business? I started off in uh, little farmer's markets, artesian markets Uh and um, you know, using social media to get out there, but I've slowly gained a nice solid following and um, started offering delivery services on Wednesdays. Um, mushrooms delivered right to your door. So wow. it's um, it's really picking up. So that's been nice. That's fantastic. And anywhere in Tucson or do you have certain boundaries um, where you'll deliver? I do pretty much all of Tucson. Um, some people, if they live out far, I will meet them in mm-hmm. their area. Mm-hmm. Um, just really depends on, you know, where they're located and what I have going on. Right. So what percentage of your customers are residential people buying it for their own use versus restaurants who are buying your mushrooms? Um, right now, I would say about 85 to 90 percent um, are residential customers wow. right now. Okay. Um, I am working on getting into restaurants, so I've just started uh, feeling comfortable taking restaurant orders because they are very large orders. Right. Community, you know, outreach and whatnot right. um, is more so of a few pounds here and there. So right. um, I just really wanted to be consistent before I started with so many restaurant orders. And earlier I was talking about the pink oyster mushrooms that taste like bacon when it's seasoned with the smoked paprika and that sort of thing. So what are some of the characteristics of the mushrooms when they're prepared? You know, what other flavors come out or what other recommendations do you have, say, when someone uh, either is purchasing your own or even is just staring at a bunch of mushrooms at, say, a gourmet shop? How do they know which ones to try and, and what to do with them? Well, it's always a fun experience trying a mushroom for the first time that uh-huh. you haven't tried before. Uh, one of the favorites is both gourmet and medicinal mushroom, which is the lion's mane mushroom. Mm-hmm. 
That one, you can cook it to taste like lobster or crab. It's got a stringy con- texture to right. it. Um, so when you cook it, season it, and finish it off with butter and a squeeze of lemon. And it really gives you the sensation you're eating lobster. So wow, um, it's, it's a fun and, and exciting experience trying something new right. that is also really healthy for you. Right. Isn't lion's mane good for memory? Uh, your brain and nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, because there are a lot of... Uh, coffee alternatives out now that are using mushrooms and lion's mane seems to be a common one in there for memory and that sort of thing. Absolutely. It's got um, polysaccharides in it that actually break the blood-brain barrier and stimulate neural pathway uh, regrowth and stimulate nerve endings. Um, So among other things, I mean, I could sit here and talk about it all day, but we've only got a few minutes here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then you now, had you already been in the business before the Fantastic Fungi movie came out, or did that movie inspire you at all? Um, at the time, I was growing as a hobby. Okay. But I was first in line to watch the movie, uh-huh. and I absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, it did open my eyes more to the medicinal side of right. mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lion's mane being the top one. What's fun about that is, like I said before, it was it's both gourmet and medicinal, whereas a lot of other mushrooms, uh, medicinal-wise, aren't so much gourmet. Right. Um, So it's just a really fun mushroom. That's very cool. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to Tucson Metro Chambers, The Business Of. I'm Heather Wolpern, and today's guest is Julie Trotta, owner of Fun Girls Fungi. So talk more about some of your specialty products. I saw you have like a mushroom jerky and tinctures. Those are medicinal, I would assume. So tell us a little bit more about those. Yeah. Um, So I do offer the mushroom tinctures, which are uh, an extract. It's a dual alcohol and water full spectrum extract. And um, I offer right now the lion's mane, the reishi, turkey tail, and chaga. Um, All wonderful mushrooms that do different things for you. Um, I also have the seasoning blends, which are great for seasoning all of your favorite dishes. Um, It's uh, just got four simple ingredients in it. It's got uh, garlic, Himalayan salt, um, herbs, and the oyster mushroom powder. Um, Really, really tasty to add to your foods. Um, And then I do the mushroom jerky as well. So I've had um, many people come to me and say, I cannot believe this is not meat. Wow. Um, So I've got two flavors at this time. I've got the uh, pepper as well as the teriyaki. Wow. And then so how many are you a one woman show or do you have employees? I am right now one woman. (gasps) Um, I I do have help from my three daughters. I'm a single mom, so they definitely help out. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, for right now, it's it's just me. But what a great opportunity for them to learn as you go as well, because if they're right there helping you, then it very well could inspire them to be entrepreneurs themselves. Right? Absolutely. I've had a, a few of them uh, write school reports on mushrooms, so they're helping out with their grades, too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so talk more about some of the other health benefits of mushrooms. Uh, well, just incorporating oyster mushrooms into your diet actually helps reduce your, lower your cholesterol. Oh, okay. Um, so like the lion's mane is good for your brain and nervous system, but mainly the, uh, the incorporating into your diet helps with your cholesterol and overall well-being. When it comes time to growing the mushrooms, talk a little bit more about that process as far as what is that timeline? What do you start with? 
what kind of soils? Like really describe it a little bit more. Growing mushrooms is basically like following a really complex recipe. <laughs> so you start out, um, mushrooms don't have seeds, they have spores. Right. Um, so I use liquid culture, which is a form of liquid mycelium. Uh, mycelium is like the root system right. of your, if, for lack of a better word, of your mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I grow that on grain. And then from there, I will put it into the substrate, which is a mixture of hardwood and soy. It takes approximately four to six weeks, depending on the type of mushroom, um, to grow. That's from start to finish. And then uh, once it's done colonizing, it goes into the grow room. And in the grow room, it's going to be there for about a week and a half or so before it really starts growing. That's so interesting. And I mean, after a heavy rain, even though we're in the desert, we'll randomly have mushrooms pop out of our uh, grass in our courtyard. And so is that just from our compost pile in the back or where do they come from? When it, I know it's this whole interconnected system, but tell us a little bit more about truly the, like the ecosystem of mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, mushrooms grow everywhere, including in the desert. Um, some of them might have been brought in from compost or mulch or, you know, different landscaping trees mm -hmm. and whatnot. So um, it's just amazing because mycelium is everywhere. Right. Um, everywhere we go, including these harsh desert environments, we still get mushrooms. That's amazing. Yeah. They seem very resilient. And so when you're growing them and say you, you, you know, cut them to sell them, do you use that same root base again? Will they grow again or is that do they produce one time and that's it? You can get approximately two flushes out of each of the oh. um, substrate blocks that are made. They weigh about 12 pounds. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, after the mushrooms grow, they weigh a whole lot less. They weigh about five pounds or so. Oh. Um, so each one, I can get approximately five to six pounds of mushrooms off of each block. Very fun process. And then what I do with the blocks afterwards is I actually donate those to farmers for their composts. Oh, so okay. it's possible they get to grow mushrooms out of their compost and it's really good for your soil. Oh, that's so interesting. Right. Because as they break down, they're so nutrient rich that they're right. bound to make the soil so good. Yeah. So it kind of completes the circle. That's perfect. And then what are there any general rules of thumb when, say, someone does come upon a mushroom in their yard. When is there anything, any way to know when it is edible? Well, I guess they're all edible. It's just a matter of if you'll feel sick or not. But is there any way of knowing, like, oh, we could eat that or just always stay away? Do you have any tips on that? There are no specifics that will tell you yes or no that a mushroom could or cannot be eaten. Mm -hmm. There are many qualities of the mushroom that you have to go by. Some of them you have to actually do a spit test, which is take a little bite of it and chew it and taste it, spit it out. Uh -huh. um, there's like a, like the wild mushroom is a russula that grows up in Mount Lemon. Uh -huh. um, if you taste it and it's spicy, like jalapenos, it's no good. Oh. You toss that, that one. Interesting. Um, but if you taste it and there's not much of a taste, you can cook it up and it tastes just like buttery shrimp. Really? Um, so there are many different resources in Arizona that you can uh, learn about wildly growing mushrooms. Um, Arizona Mushroom Society is one of them, which is a nonprofit organization that helps educate people on mushrooms. Oh. So it's actually where I started out with my wild mushroom venture. Um, I was growing uh, gourmet mushrooms before that. 
but I wanted to get more into the wild mushrooms, mm-hmm. and that's where I started learning. Oh, very cool. So what tips do you have for someone who wants to grow their own mushrooms? It's really easy. Um, if you, you can make it as complex or as easy as possible. Uh-huh. Um, we do a, um, a meetup every now and again that shows people how to low-tech grow mushrooms, uh-huh. um, which is basically just you know growing off a straw and doing things very simply. On a bulk level, I don't so much grow simply, but um, it's basically just learning as much as possible and then following the steps exactly as it shows. Right. Um, I, for one, learned on YouTube. Right. What Um, did we do before YouTube existed? Right. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it's such a science. I mean, truly, the chemistry behind it all sounds like what you need to know the most to really make things happen. Uh, I always like to say that it's a, a balance of science and art mm-hmm. um, because they are just beautiful when they're growing. And I, I still, to this day, have not gotten sick of going out to that grow room and seeing all these beautiful mushrooms growing. So I love it. That's fantastic. What are the challenges of growing mushrooms? Um, in the beginning, it w- and still is contamination. Mm. So... Um, Mold spores are everywhere, including in the air that we're breathing in now. Right. Um, so I had to, I have set up a full lab. So I have a clean space to grow these mushrooms in. Um, but uh, every time your blocks should get contaminated, you lose the whole thing. Oh, gosh. So um, contaminants will win over mycelium every time. Right. And are there any regulations for growing mushrooms since you are selling them at farmer's markets and that sort of thing? Or is it just any kind of, like any produce? Because it's a fresh produce, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, There isn't any regulations um, at this time. I am with the, registered with the Department of Agriculture. So I have that um, registration there, but basically just making sure that your mushrooms are um, clean of any kind of contaminants and um, that they are fresh and, you know, dry and cool. Right. I bet the coolness is very important, right? Yes. And so now that you're a year in, and it sounds like you've learned so much, <laughs> what are your goals as far as expanding and who would you like to reach to have as your customers and all that sort of thing? Tell us a little bit more about your, your goals. Absolutely. Uh, so right now, my main goal is to get into more restaurants and start doing those larger orders. Um, so that way I can actually go from working in my garage to an actual facility where I have more employees. And every time I'm at that stand, I get asked, are you hiring? Really? So someday I want to be able to say, yes, I am. Uh Come grow mushrooms with me. So um, I actually want to have a storefront to where people can come in and purchase mushrooms or mushroom jerky or seasonings or, you know, possibly even cooked mushrooms. So, right. or I almost wonder if you could partner, say, with a vegetarian or vegan restaurant in town where they're using your mushrooms, but then you also have maybe near the register some of your products because you figure that's already the market that you want is those people who want to you know, be healthy and have some of these vegetarian options. So that might be an interesting That's a great option. idea. Um, recently, I was actually in the uh, what's called Chinese chorizo project. Mm, tell us um, about that. Where they um, used fun girl fungi mushrooms to create a vegan uh, mushroom chorizo. 
uh, mushroom Chinese chorizo, which was absolutely amazing. Um, oh, was that to, with Maria Mazzone? Yes. Okay, I remember I stumbled upon that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, those were my mushrooms. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I've, I've been given the opportunity to um, really expand in that way in the vegan community and the, you know, healthier, even people who are not vegan, vegetarian, sure. just want an alternative to meat. Um, so just a, a wonderful project. So and how did that fun. project come to be as far as your involvement with it? Uh, well, we delivered quite a few pounds of mushrooms to them. Um, they reached out. They said, you know, we're this is what we're looking to do. And I said, well, this is what I got for you. Uh-huh. Um, so we delivered each week of about 25 pounds of mushrooms. And they um, created this wonderful chorizo from it. Oh, what a neat idea. And what do you think might be next for something along those lines? I've had a few people reach out that want to use the oyster mushrooms to create like vegan sandwich, like chicken fried sandwich. Oh. Um, so I'm hoping that I'll get more orders that come in from there and we'll continue to make some amazing dishes. And what is the shelf life for your mushrooms? Say once you do get them out to a residence or a restaurant, is it the same as the ones you would get at a grocery store or do they have a longer, shorter shelf life for any reason? It's it's a little bit different. It varies based off of the um, species. So oh, okay. the pink oyster mushrooms, those ones will typically, you want to consume them within three to four days of growth. Okay. Whereas I have other mushrooms that last up to a week. Um, it really just depends on, one, the temperature of the grow room, um, the species that it is, and uh, how dense it is. I find that mm. um, the denser they are, um, they tend to go bad a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends. Oyster mushrooms tend to last the longest. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And before we started to record, you were talking about with these gorgeous mushrooms that you brought in for me. Thank you again. But you were talking about how to prepare them. And I found that very interesting because it was news to me, even though I cook. So yeah. tell the listeners a little bit about You can what actually you do this with grocery store mushrooms as well. However, I recommend trying with an oyster mushroom. Um, basically, you cut them up, put them in the pan, add a little bit of water. Um, not too much water, just enough to kind of cover the mushrooms because the idea is you're going to simmer all that water off. Um, season the water, uh, salt and garlic. I like to use better than bouillon, the garlic flavored one. Um, once your water has simmered off, then you add your fats. Uh, I prefer olive oil mm -hmm. and really give them a good saute. So it's actually easier to undercook a mushroom than it is to overcook a mushroom. Okay. Um, the reason why we want to well cook our mushrooms is because mushrooms contain chitin cells which are cells that we don't have the enzyme to break down. So one way of doing that is well cooking your mushroom or doing a, an extract with alcohol. Um, in the case of cooking, you want to well cook them. Um, give them a good saute and then add them to any of the favorite dishes you like, pastas, just eat them as they are. I'm guilty of that. Um, or you can just, you know, put them as a side. Sounds so good. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So how should people contact you, whether they're a restaurant or a residence and they want to purchase your mushrooms? How should they contact you? Well, I've got my brand new website, uh, FunGirlsFungi.com. You can also find me on social media, Instagram, FunGirlsFungi. Uh, same as Facebook, FunGirlsFungi as well. 
Should people message you through those platforms? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Message me through those platforms. It does also have an option to order online on the website. Oh, okay. Um, or um, I'm always happy to take a text message order as well. Um, and they can reach me at uh, 520-255-0216. Um, text is preferred. Sometimes I don't always answer um, the phone calls because we get those funny little calls that we don't like. <laughs> so legitimate people are allowed to text you. Yes. And repeat your number one more time. That is 520-255-0216. Um, I do deliveries on Wednesdays. And then you can also uh, catch me at different markets around town, which I post on my Instagram or Facebook and working on getting that on the site of the website as well. Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business Of. To learn more about Fun Girls Fungi, visit fungirlsfungi.com. That's F-U-N-G-I-R-L-S-F-U-N-G-I.com. In case you didn't catch this episode from the beginning or would like to listen to it again, visit our website or search for Tucson Metro Chambers, the business of, on your favorite podcast app. Thanks also to a few of our Keystone investors, such as AGM Container Controls, Arizona State University, and Arizona Complete Health. Would you like to be my guest or sponsor an episode? Email me at thebusinessof at tucsonchamber.org. Thanks so much for listening. Have a terrific day.